In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, I welcome you to the First Baptist Church of Oregon City Christmas Eve listening party. One of the things everyone loves at Christmas time is music. Some people start listening to uh, pop Christmas music as early as September or even October if they even stop listening to it at all. But something about music touches our souls. And as we enter the Christmas season, here is some music to lift your spirits and prepare your heart for Christmas Eve worship. If you start listening to this podcast on the 24th of December 2020 at 6 p.m. Pacific time, by the time it is finished, you will be ready to join us on Zoom for our live Christmas Eve worship service at 6.30 p.m. Pacific time. If you want to join us on Zoom, the address is available in the description of this podcast, also on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash onebaptistchurch. May the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you, and Merry Christmas. Heavenly Father, this Christmas Eve we come together to prepare our hearts for the birth of your Son. His audience was the shepherds the three wise men, the cattle, and the sheep. Even though his birth was a humble birth, it is the greatest gift given to mankind. He is the hope for this fallen world. He is the only one who can bring lasting peace. His birth brings us great joy because he is our Messiah and his love is eternal. Jesus, you are the light of the world. And as we celebrate your birthday, may we see the world in the light of understanding you give us. As you choose the lowly, the outcasts, and the poor to receive the greatest news the world has ever known, so may we worship you in meekness of heart. May we also remember our brothers and sisters less fortunate than ourselves in this season of giving. When the song of the angels is stilled, when the star in the sky is gone, when the kings and princes are home, when the shepherds are back with the flocks, then the work of Christmas begins. To find the lost, to heal those broken in spirit, to feed the hungry, to release the oppressed, to rebuild the nations, to bring peace among all people, to make a little music with the heart and to radiate the light of Christ every day, in every way, in all that we do and all that we say. Then the work of Christmas begins. In your precious name, amen. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God, and the Word was God. He existed in the beginning with God. God created everything through Him, and nothing was created except through Him. The Word gave life to everything that was created, and His life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. But to all who believed Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. They are reborn not with a physical birth resulting from human passion or plan, but a birth that comes from God. So the Word became human and made His home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen His glory, 
the glory of the Father's one and only Son. From his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one, who is himself God, is near to the Father's heart. He has revealed God to us. It was September 1st, 2006, and I was embarking on the greatest adventure to that point in my life. I had graduated from Parkersburg South High School in uh, 2002. I had graduated from Marshall University in Huntington, West Virginia in May of 2006. And September 1st, uh, that morning, we loaded up uh, my mom's van and a moving van that my uncle David drove. And uh, my tiny SUV that I was driving at that point. And we, we loaded them up and we drove them to Lombard, Illinois. Uh, Lombard is just outside the city of Chicago uh, by about 20, 25 minutes. And Lombard is, is pretty typical of that area where um, it's, there's, there's nothing really that's particularly uh, attractive about it. It's it's just kind of another uh, another suburb that that has a Target and a Panera and a Starbucks in it, um, but it's also surrounded almost on all sides, uh, or at least where I was living at the seminary was surrounded on all sides by interstate highways, and so there was a lot of traffic going in and out. It was very busy. It was it was kind of bustling, and I was I still remember what my mom said uh, when we parked the van and uh, I got out and she got out. And what my mom said was, no, 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 not here. I said, what do you mean, mom, not here? And she said, no, Lombard isn't supposed to be a big city. Lombard is supposed to be a little town out in the cornfields in Illinois. Um, Mom had a difficult time imagining me in that neighborhood, or at least who she knew me to be, she couldn't imagine me in that particular neighborhood. And since then, uh, I've moved a couple of other times, uh, most notably uh, from the Midwest to the Pacific Northwest. And each time I move, I'm in a different neighborhood. And it's, it's me in a different neighborhood. The passage that we look at tonight, here on Christmas Eve, uh, the night before the day that we celebrate and, and the, the season that we celebrate, the coming of Jesus into our world, we hear from the, the, the gospel writer John, the evangelist. John tells the story of Jesus's birth in a way that turns it on its head. Because up until this point, up until Jesus, there were certain places where God belonged, where you would expect to find the word, 
that was not where Jesus ended up being found. Um, it wasn't unusual for people to say that, uh, that you could seek God in the Torah, that uh, for Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, Torah, the Pentateuch, however you, however you like to say it, the first five books of the Old Testament, uh, that was the law. And God revealed himself in those books through creation, through the call of Abraham and the patriarchs, through leading his people, the Israelites, out of slavery in Egypt and into the promised land, um, through giving them the law to set them apart from all of the people who are around them. And so the Torah was a place where, where God could be found. Another place was the prophets, uh, the, the word of God was always on the lips of the prophets. Uh, you'll, you'll hear, you'll, if you read them, you know, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, uh, the minor prophets, they'll say the word of the Lord came to Isaiah. The word of the Lord came to Zephaniah. This is what the Lord says. And it was always on the lips of the prophets. So the word was there with the prophets that some people thought. Probably the leading candidate for where the word was found was in the temple. It was in the temple in Jerusalem where it was said that God's glory dwelt, that inside the holiest of holies, the, the innermost chamber of the temple was where the glory of the Lord resided, where heaven met earth uh, and where only consecrated people were allowed uh, to go back in uh, to be in the presence of the glory of the Lord. But yet, where they would not have expected was in our particular neighborhood. When we read John saying, the word made flat, became flesh and dwelt among us, Eugene Peterson, in his The Message translation, says, and God came to live in our neighborhood. And it's a beautiful thought, isn't it? Because sometimes, especially in, you know, I don't know, the past 12 months, we, we really could use God in our neighborhood. We really could use more of God in these parts because human existence has seemed a little bit weary in 2020. Human existence seems a little bit bleak in the year 2020. And we know lots of people within our church who have had very challenging years, even apart from COVID and wildfires and the like. It's not been easy for everybody over the past few years or over the past few months. But when we read this passage, there's a tremendous amount of hope. And the hope is that God chose to make his dwelling among us. We call this the incarnation in theology. It means that God took on flesh as Jesus and chose to live among us. There are some distinct things that the incarnation tells us, that Jesus's birth, that the word becoming flesh and dwelling among us says to us, 
And one of the most important things is that being human matters. Jesus could have very easily taken a shortcut to humanity. Uh, it wasn't uncommon in um, different mythologies for, uh, for you know, whether it was the Greek mythology, the Roman mythology, uh, even Egyptian mythology, for uh, the gods to take on a human form and to carry out a particular task. And if, if Jesus is God of creation, if, if everything uh, was created through Jesus and is sustained through Jesus, the word, then why couldn't Jesus have just kind of shown up uh, later on in his life? Why did, he, why did he choose to be born as a baby? Because humanity matters. We matter as people. There is not a man, woman, or child on the face of planet Earth that does not matter greatly to God and whose existence is not blessed with the image of God. And that's incredibly encouraging because there are times for some people more than others, when life doesn't seem like it matters. When people are given the very distinct message that their life doesn't matter, that it can be snuffed out easily or ignored haphazardly. Or what I think a lot of us face on a more day-to-day -day basis is wondering if our nine to five lives, our, our kind of everyday existences truly mean anything. Sometimes we wonder, what's it all worth? Sometimes we wonder, do we matter? Because Jesus was born as one of us, we absolutely matter. We sometimes think that God is, is only interested in our, our greatest moments and our highest achievements and the ones that can only be accomplished by the energy of his spirit. But Christ cares more about us than just what we consider our finest moments. No, Christ was born just as much for our best moments as he was for those Tuesday afternoons at 317 when either we're bored or restless and we look up at the sky and we ask, what does it all mean? What does this matter? It matters because Jesus was born as one of us to say humanity still bears the image of God enough that it's worthwhile for Jesus to be born as a human. For Jesus to be born in this world, it's a sign that the Lord of creation still stands by his work. John's gospel is, I think, and a lot of biblical commentators think, a, an intentional callback to Genesis chapter one. And you can kind of see through the whole book of John, where Jesus tells this story of a new creation, 
that's happening through Jesus. And the day of rest comes uh, as Jesus is in the tomb and, and bursting forth on Easter Sunday morning from the tomb, the new day of creation begins. Jesus, the word, was born into our world. And that birth says that our world still matters. That this place that God made, this neighborhood that God created, is still significant. And not just the highest heights of Mount Hood or the lowest depths of Death Valley. It's our homes. It's our neighbors. It's those parts of town that, that we might be tempted to say those are the bad parts of town. It's the, I'm sorry, Iowa. It's the boring Iowa cornfields that you seem to drive through forever and ever, even though you, you go, is this state possibly that big? Um, it matters. It matters greatly to God, so much so that Jesus was born on this ground. And our world matters because of it. But I think the best news of this is that light comes into our world through Jesus. The, the times that we live in, believe it or not, are no more or less dark than the times that Jesus was born into. They may be some of the darker moments that we've lived through, and they, they definitely have not been, uh, it's not been a banner year for humanity, let me, let me tell you that. But at the same time, there were problems when Jesus was born. There were people who were poor being taken advantage of by people who were rich when Jesus was born. There were people who were senselessly being killed in the time that Jesus was born. In Matthew's gospel, Jesus has to flee. Jesus becomes a refugee, a person without country or border to save his life. But Jesus is this light that comes into our world. And if we're willing to see this light, and not just to see it, but to allow this light to illuminate the lives that we live, then our whole world can be brighter. And it's not brighter because of some optimistic utopian fantasy that, that if we just get things in the right order here on earth that we can crack on and everything will be just fine. No, the light tells us that the God of the universe, the creator God loves humanity, still cares for his creation and intends to redeem it by his own power. And that we get to be a part of the redemption that's happening in our neighborhood. 
Because if Jesus just made a pop-in visit, it wouldn't be that bright. But we know that Jesus was born because here we are tonight, gathering at the manger. And in, in your mind's eye right now, you don't have to, to do anything weird, like close your eyes or, or anything like that. But just in your mind, go to the manger, put yourself there, and look at this light that has come into the world. It's not the light that we think of. It's not the light that we expected, but it's the light that we need because it's the light that affirms our humanity and is going to show us what it means to be a new type of people by God's own hand. This baby Jesus that we look at in the manger cares about us in our everyday, loves us in our brightest and darkest moments and brings light and life into our dark and dying world. When we think about the incarnation, when we think about Jesus being born, it's good news to all of us. And it's good news that came into the world as the one who created the world but who is doing something new by being born as a baby. Let's go to the Lord in prayer this evening. Oh God, you have caused this holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that we who have known the mystery of that light on earth may also enjoy him perfectly in heaven, where with you and the Holy Spirit, he lives and reigns one God in glory everlasting. Amen. Just a couple of things to draw your attention to before we, uh, before we part this evening. Um, let me get my notes here. Tomorrow morning at uh, 10 a.m., we will be on Zoom again uh, to, say, to wish each other a happy Christmas and uh, feel free to wear your, your Christmas pajamas, um, your appropriate Christmas pajamas, Gary Hunley. Uh, bring, bring a cup of coffee, bring a Christmas cookie. Uh, we'll be glad to see you. 
Again, that's tomorrow morning at 10 a.m. Uh, the link is in your, your Friday email. And then uh, Sunday, December the 27th, there will be worship. Um, we, we have a worship recording, a worship podcast ready to go. And uh, it will continue our celebration of Christmas. Christmas is not just uh, one day that's built up to um, beginning with the end of the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade and ending at 11.59 p.m. on December 25th. No, Christmas starts December 25th and goes for 12 days, hence the song, The 12 Days of Christmas. So we've got two more Sundays of Christmas coming up. Uh, so, so pace yourselves because it's all a celebration. Uh, so uh, Sunday, December 27th, we will have a worship service. Uh, we will not have Zoom coffee hour, however. Uh, so you can tune in whenever you, uh, whenever you like to, wherever you usually listen to the podcast and worship with us, but we will not have Zoom coffee hour. Uh, but then everything will be back to normal January 3rd. 2021, we'll have our Zoom coffee hour. And that's a communion Sunday, the first communion Sunday of 2021. Now, may the grace and peace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you. And remember, love God, love your neighbor, wear your mask, and wash your hands. <laughs>